Welcome to the Mini Break Podcast, your daily roundup of the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, June 20th, and I am your host, Max Rothman. And it's been a weird day, a couple days of tennis, you know, a lot of weird stuff going on. We've got, you know, more rain just, you know, ruining the, the flow of play. Uh, we got guys slipping all over the place. I, I'm seeing just little videos all over Instagram and Twitter of guys slipping and uh, unfortunately, you know, causing some injuries as well. We, you know, we, we see some guys pulling out and we've seen a couple guys down for, for a little bit here and there. Uh, and just, you know, some other weird thing we, we saw Pierre Baird, you know, asking Stokowski to, you know, challenge for him and he wins the point for him. We've got, you know, we, we had the guys yesterday talking about, you know, Benoit and Saga uh, playing soccer tennis on the court after Benoit kind of loses his racket on a serve. So weird stuff going on in the tennis world. And, you know, there's only one guy who, who really gets to see all of it and uh, has not been on the pod for far too long. He's been you know, too busy hanging out with Pospisil and, you know, playing tennis with Steve Nash. And uh, that is the, the one and only Kale Hammond. So welcome back to the pod, man. Thank you so much for having me. It has been far too long, but uh, I was super busy uh, with the French Open those two weeks because, you know, that's Tennis Channel's uh, Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, I was doing, I was writing um, two articles a day for them and also helping out with social media. So I was pulling double duty for a couple of weeks. So I would do doing this pod would have been a lot to ask, but you know, I was sad that you didn't invite me. It's okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm over it now, but I was, I was upset for a while. Well, well, no wonder you were hiding. I, I didn't realize I hurt your feelings that badly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but b- before we started, we were, we were talking a little bit of just about, you know, how short this season is and you know it's a good thing we're we're now getting you back on because it, it is such a, a weirdly short season people are talking about you know maybe we should have a masters tournament in here before Wimbledon and uh, I mean we can't even you know get through the first round of uh, London so I don't know how we're gonna fit a masters in when, when that's not even possible but I know you had a few thoughts too just kind of on the the weirdness of this grass court season yeah, it's just in general, just thinking about how long the clay, it comes right after the clay court season. Clay court season, I think, in my opinion, is, is too long, but you know that's what the whole world sort of plays on. You know, there's a ton of clay courts everywhere, so I guess it makes sense. And grass courts, you know, there aren't that many of them, and they're a nightmare to keep up with. And you know, it's so they're so expensive to maintain, but it's just weird. I mean, you get you get like less than a month of grass, and then you have ATP Newport, which I was just there in Rhode Island. Um, doing a shoot for Tennis Channel, it was one. It's one of the most beautiful places I've ever been, and that that courts that they have are just immaculate and pristine. I was spent a lot of time uh, chatting with the groundskeeper there, talking about you know all the players that come through and everyone. He was like, yeah, everyone's everyone's really great. Everyone's so nice. Tell you what, we had this one guy about ten years ago. I can't remember every time every time he lose, he would punch holes in the drywall in the locker room. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, who wait who? Who is that? Who, who who are you talking about? He's like, I don't know. He's a big six four, curly hair guy. He slides his foot on his serve like crazy, and he scuffs up my grass courts all the time. I was like, was his name Justin Gimmelstab? He's like, yep, that's the one. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like okay, oh, that makes classic. a lot of sense. So it was great chopping it up with you know the grounds crew guy at uh, in Newport. He's a he's a big Yankees fan. He lit his offices in like a shipping container right outside the grounds, and he's got Yankee stuff everywhere. His big big uh, New York accent. It was it was fun, and that place is beautiful. I mean, the Tennis Hall of Fame was amazing. Um, if you've never been, you should definitely check it out. 
it's really cool. The Roger Federer experience was shut down when we were there, so that's sad. So no, no exhibits on the greatest tennis player of all time, which is unfortunate when we were there, but they're fixing it up. And then uh, one more thing I will say, last thing about Newport, is that they have a uh, this exhibit, my favorite exhibit, which is tennis balls throughout history. And they have all these cans of like from like the 1800s to nowadays, and it's just sort of like a timeline of like all the different companies that you know popped up throughout history that created tennis balls. And Dunlop's first can because they were you know a tire manufacturer and they had this rubber, so they're like oh why don't we make a tennis ball and just stuff like that. It's really it's really quaint. I think quaint is the is the correct word to describe it. Yeah, after after watching your Instagram stories, I think that's that's a perfect word to to describe that whole place. It does look quite lovely and, and I'm hoping to, uh, to get out there at some point, but it's amazing. Sorry about that tangent. I just, you know, it's fresh on my mind. That Gimmel stop story was pretty funny. So I had to, had to give you guys a little nugget to start out with, but, um, it, and just in general, the grass season, it's weird. I mean, it's just, it's so short and it's, I just don't, it sort of feels like a novelty at this point. It's like, okay, well we get, we get some challengers, we get two weeks of tournaments. Then we have Wimbledon. And then, you know, and then what? And then we have Newport afterwards. It's just like, it's just all jam-packed within a month. You know, the players don't get to really practice on it before, so the results are really weird. Um, and you really just, it's just pretty unpredictable. I mean, and so that's what I was doing. I was going through, like, the ATP Top 100, um, all their uh, win-loss records and how the results on grass, just trying to get a beat on, like, what makes – players you know good on grass um like who does well on grass and i didn't come up with anything earth shot earth shaking but i mean you have your all-time greats that are good on good on any surface joker fed nadal um murray and then you know delpo had a spectacular pretty spectacular record on grass as well um and then you got guys like you would expect you know the big servers Serving is clearly important on grass. Um, Ryonich, phenomenal grass court player. Nick Kyrgios, obviously. And then you had guys in a different sort of tier. Like, guys, just grass sort of rewards, I mean, it sounds weird to say, but it just sort of rewards talented players more than any other stuff because, you know, you get so such lightning quick points, you know, players with the, with the God-given reflexes in the hands that you can't teach, like guys like Manorino, uh, Richard Gasquet, um, those guys are, are also had success on this surface. And then you got Dennis Kudla, who's just a who's just a grass court specialist. He makes his killing during this one month throughout the year. Um, he was he he was by far like the lowest ranked player with like a phenomenal grass court record. So it's pretty funny that our boy Kudla is a pure grass court specialist at this point almost. Well, did you just throw Manorino in there because of his recent success? Because that that's not a guy that I typically would say is a you know a grass court guy. I mean, I, I understand the you know his game style could be effective. I mean, it is effective on the grass, but I don't. Th- did you find historically like his record? Yeah, is- no, he, his winning percentage on grass was higher than it was on the other surfaces, um, and mm-hmm. it makes sense because the guy just has such compact strokes and such a ridiculously short take back on his forehand and his backhand, you know, and he's, and he's a super talented lefty with, with quick hands and he's got those compact strokes. He didn't, I mean, maybe there was some recency. I mean, also that's another thing. I'm glad you brought that up that, that factored into it because 
this guy wins five matches in a row on grass that gets factored into his results and then and then boom like his percentages are way up because you know these players are their sample size is, is incredibly small I mean Delpo has only played like I think he's played he's played less than 60 matches on grass in his entire career and this is a guy that's been around 10 years I mean so, uh, yeah I, um, I actually just found you know the the Manorino stats his grass court win percentage is 61 percent compared to his hard court of 44.9 and his clay court of 26.4 you know granted he's played a lot more hard court matches but even he's played more matches than Delpo he's played you know almost 90 uh, total matches so you're right pretty pretty wild uh, for for someone like Delpo to have played so few matches on the grass but um look that we we could talk forever about kind of the the different players and, and the grass season as a whole and you know there, there's going to be continued debate on whether there should be a master's tournament you know how the grass court season should be changed um but I do want to get into some of the tennis you know you were even saying how the the clay court season you know might be too long it's still going on there there's still challengers that are on the clay right now there I actually one of my other weird storylines before uh, we move on at, at the Bratislava open there was a match going on on match point the sprinklers went off and uh, and, and they couldn't <laughs> finish that. yeah they couldn't finish the match so that was supposed to be one of my other kind of weird stuff going on in the tennis world uh, storylines but we are now nine minutes and 40 seconds in and I think it is time to get into the grass court tournaments that are going on you, you cool with that uh, let's do it take it right Westoff, give us that first bell. So I do want to start in Birmingham. Um, you know, this is again another one of these cool storylines. We've got the Pliskova twins matching up in the first twin match ever on on the I think on the WTA or ATP tour. Uh, so kind of cool to to see these two go up. And you know, the, the we've got the the unseeded Pliskova. Uh, winning this match, and this is her first top five win ever, of course, against her twin twin sister. Um, you know, really, you know, intense match too. Six two three six seven six win, uh, and yeah, I know you got to watch some of it. And I did too. Of course, we just got to talk about the twin thing for a second. I've got a couple friends who are twins, and if they played tennis against each other like these two did, it, they would know exactly what's going to happen. I mean, I've watched these two play soccer together and they move the same exact step every single time and watching these two play it looked like they knew exactly where each other was going on on every single shot 100 percent, and obviously there's you know there's nothing to lose for uh for for christina in this situation they're actually staying in the same hotel room um in birmingham <laughs> so ridiculous which is hilarious and so they said they said that the, the winner has to buy the loser a gift um, but uh, sportsmanship was fantastic, as you'd expect with siblings. I mean, it, you would look like you would look ridiculous if you know if if a brother if a brother sister got into a little scuffle on on a, on a tennis court. It would be it would be a humongous story. So I mean, they were classy. It was seven six in the third. Uh, she won nine seven that tiebreak. I mean, it really reminded me of the the Portland uh, Trailblazers versus Golden State this year. When Seth Curry was guarding Steph Curry, he just picked oh, okay. his pocket every time he had his number. Like, he was the best defender of Steph Curry for Portland in that series, strictly because he's seen all of his moves a million times. And it's, that's what I couldn't help thinking of the similarities between, you know, that those situations during this match. 
yeah, no, I, that's I love that you always bring in. There's always some sort of basketball analogy with with Kale Hammond on the pod, so I love that you had you brought in another one today. But you're right. It, I mean, watching these two trade blows, it it was so clear that they knew where each other was going, and um, like you said, kind of crazy tie break in that last set, and it it just kind of you know played out the way it did. But uh, you know, really really cool to to watch that. A couple other results um, to, to go through. We had uh, Martich beating Gasparin 6-3-7-6. Ostapenko gets the win over Conta 3-4. Uh, and we had a couple other first-round matches, actually, that also played today. Barty beats Vekic. Brady beats Serenko. Uh, Venus gets a win and now is back into the top 50, so good for her. Uh, and so we, get, we got some you know good matches tomorrow. Vekic plays Barty. Uh, Venus plays tomorrow against Sasnovich. It's always some tough names on the women's side. Uh, And we've got a lot of other good matches coming up. But the Nature Valley Classic is, you know, well underway. And luckily they don't have to deal with the rain that uh, London is dealing with. And that's going to be our our quick transition into the London tournament. Look, they need to get a roof. It's ridiculous. I haven't I haven't seen like this year I feel like there's been more situations where the players have to pull the double header than I can ever ever remember occurring. Yeah, um it's, I mean, it's happened at least it's like it's happened th- at three different tournaments in the last, you know, the last couple months. Players having to play double up, you know, they had to do it oh god, what was the tournament right before? It was Rome, I believe, didn't they have to do it in yeah. Rome? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they had to do it at they had to. Do, they've just had to double up like more often than I can remembering, than I can remember. And it, it's you know it's just what a nightmare for the players. You know they don't they, they don't play two matches a day. You know they're professional tennis players. That's not the sport's not designed at that level. You know the way yeah. they're hitting the ball and moving athletically to do that twice in a day. You're just yeah, talking no. about like a, a, you know you're talking about a, a 15 hour day. And when it's all said and done, when you got two matches with all the preparation that these players put in before and after the match. Yeah, look, you, you can do this in the USTA when it's a couple of 14-year-olds playing, you know, a first and second round match of a level five. No, nobody cares about playing two matches then. But this is, like you said, this is the pro, the pro level. It should not be happening. Poss, you know, currently up 6-3-3-3 against Edmund, you know, plays, I think, in plays the second match tomorrow after Chilich and Schwartzman play. Is gonna the winner has to wait for the Warinka Mahout match to finish, and then they go right back on to play Shardy. So just you know, ridiculous that that that's how this tournament's it, playing out, and on. it just throws such a wrench in in the results too. Of course, it's so you know it's just so such a weird situation for the players. It's just like, all right, right. Well, this it's almost like all right. Well, this tournament's ruined. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we're what four days into the tournament, and we're not even through the first round. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've been waiting for three days to see uh, uh, Felix versus Grigor. See what's yeah. happened there. I think that's a pretty fascinating matchup. Everyone's waiting for that match. Yeah, with the talent of of Felix versus you know the the grass court game and experience of Grigor. Uh, Grigor's a slight favorite in this match, which makes sense. Got to just be because you know it's the experience factor. But Felix, how about Felix coming in? I mean, he did get a default from Ryanich in the semis. Don't forget about that. But right. he still made the final, and he's still you, he can you can still say he finaled his first grass court uh, professional level tournament ever, which is pretty ridiculous when you think it's about insane. it. Insane kids, eighteen years old. I mean, come on. 
but yeah, I mean, besides, you know, the, the Dimitrov FAA match and the CC Pass Edmund match, still waiting on the Kyrgios, what was Manorino, now uh, Bania, so we're, we're waiting on that match as well, but um, let, let's let's talk about the matches that did actually get to play today, which there there weren't many, um, but the, the first match that I do want to talk about, I think we should mention the Delpo Chapo match. You know, th- this was a match that I actually thought Chapo might be able to pull out. And uh, it, like what, I said, what the kinda... hell? What 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 makes you think that Chapo is going to win a match? Like what? <laughs> what? what where? How? <laughs> the guys. The guys. The guys. Like two and nine in his last eleven matches. Guy... It's true. I know, but look, Delpo's, you know, kind of on this weird injury train, and I, I don't know him on the grass is difficult but I, I figured look a guy like Chapo who can get around the court can you know rip with Delpo uh might be able to for two shots up. for two yeah, shots well, that's all you need on the grass let it let him let him that's hit a, a good big point. forehand nice come into the point. net I don't know um but look um, I mean you're, you're right Delpo did, won the match did you watch that match yeah I, I got to see some of it it was it was a it lot was of just so clear Delpo was just just as soon as he got a neutral ball, he didn't even do his Delpo forehand. He didn't have to. He just no. he just hit an eighty percent solid ball to the Chapo backhand and just broke it down immediately. Um, Shapovalov is, you know, Nick Curio said he's an absolute gun, um, and I think he's referring to his firepower, um, which which he has plenty of. But the the Almost guy just clearly much. has absolutely no confidence whatsoever. Um, yeah. You can just see it in his body language, see it in his reactions. His when he gets fired up, you, it's just sort of it, it seems a little fake right now. Like he really doesn't believe, um, you know, in in himself at the moment, and it, it shows in his results. And also another thing, to circle back initially to that grass court uh, conversation we had in the beginning, like there's so little tennis played on grass that the importance of getting a good draw is is just is crucial. I mean that's in tennis oh, yeah. in general. You got a fact, but especially on grass. Like if you get it, you know, you get a, a bad draw. There, there goes you know, go through a season. You play three gra- grass court matches the whole year. Done. There goes a year. Right, and I mean, look, Chapo's played ten tour level matches in his career. You know, granted the the, the kid's young, <coughs> but you know, ten matches ever on the tour on grass is just not enough to get comfortable. You know, last year plays this tournament and, and loses first round of Mueller, uh, you know, in Wimbledon last year, uh, makes a second round after beating, you know, Shardy uh, and loses to Benoit in the second round. So he, he's only had three wins on the grass. Um, and so not, not the, you know, most experience for this guy. But le- like you said, I mean, it, he also just played a ridiculous clay court season and, and to transfer you know onto the grass like this is just tough and to get delpo in the first round is just ridiculous um yeah it's now go ahead tough draw i was just gonna say how sad you know the delpo thing is i'm hoping i pray to god that it's just total precautionary and that he he's you know he's feeling good on grass his serve was humongous today forehand oh was god, firing ridiculous serve was huge today Seventy-two percent first serves win seventy-seven percent of those first serves. Just you know, monster. Yeah, I think he had something like twenty. Yeah, eleven aces. Good. I was gonna say twenty. Good thing you got the stats. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, it's just so sad. I mean, I can't believe it. It's like it's guys like Bad Luck Brian. It's like Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate Delpo injuries. Just <laughs> never ending, dude. It's like, and it's my favorite player of all time. It just it's soul crushing to see. And that fall he took at the net, that well, yeah, a, so... that looked like it put a lot of stress on his patellar tendon. Um, right, I mean that—that's clearly where he—he he started to feel it in that knee. I mean that—that that was the, I don't know, sixth fall I saw on the day. I mean, we saw Dan Evans go down pretty hard. We saw Sikoski go down pretty hard. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like, we got to be doing better than than this for our players. We can't have guys going out on injury, you know, the week before Wimbledon. It's it's just absurd. Yeah, but, I I agree. I mean. And, and, like you said about the roofs, at this point, you know, with all the global warming going on, weather patterns shifting, it seems like maybe it might rain more. I'm kidding, obviously, but, you know, who knows? But, like, <laughs> look, these tournaments do need a roof because this is just ridiculous. You go to the tournament, buy a ticket, wash out, buy a ticket, wash out. I get Mother Nature, you know, tennis is an outdoor sport, all that stuff, but a, a, a roof would go a long way, especially when, you know, you've only got three real three four real weeks of, of a high level grass court tennis going on yeah i think the only positive thing that came out of the the rain delays was uh some some fun video footage we got from mike bryan into the the players lounge we you had a uh, kyrios pui tommy paul and uh i think bublik where the four of them were playing sting pong uh so there, there's some pretty hilarious video on, on mike bryan's Instagram of these guys just absolutely wailing ping pong balls at each other, and uh, it's a, that that's probably the only positive that came out of this entire rain delay was some was some good humor for the fans. Wow, uh, sting pong! What a throwback! Back <laughs> I know to the days that's back how... to the days before me and my me and my friends discovered beer. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's how fucking bored these guys were. They're playing. That's how bored. Yeah, you pong. only played sting pong when you were really bored and you needed some sort of stimulation in your life. <laughs> You just need pain. That pain instead of anything else. <laughs> those welts and oh. sting pong are no joke too. Those, those oh, things last no, for those, a long time. Yeah, hurts. Um, but anyways, look this this is a match that Delpo wins five and four. Uh, like you said, really sad to to see him go out. Uh, not hopefully can you know get healthy uh, before Wimbledon starts and we can we can get a you know full strength Delpo going in. But one other match that I wanted to talk about. Uh, and, and another, you know, match where a guy Dan Evans took a nasty fall against Warinko, and this this is a match where Warinko wins three and four. Uh, and, and the only reason I I wanted to, to talk about this was, you know, going into this match, the the Bovada lines were very tight. Had Dan Evans at just a very minor uh, underdog, you know, Dan Evans with two wins coming into this tournament, and, and Vavrinka not always the the best grass quarter, but uh, did not look that way in this match. While well, Rinka looks so solid, hitting his backhand so smooth. Um, what did you see from Warinka and, and how do you feel about his Wimbledon chances uh, after seeing him play this match? And I know it's just the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's just the first round, and Dan Evans had that nasty fall. Um, but, uh, look, he looked he looked fantastic. He's hitting the ball super clean. Um, no, Very few shanks today. Hitting the ball humongous, especially off the backhand side. He was one one of the, he had one backhand today that was jaw dropping. He usually gives you a few of those in match, but this was jaw dropping. I mean, the guy look, the guy's got big strokes, and he loves his time. Um, clearly, and grass takes that time away. 
But I think I th- you know I think I think he's adjusting better to it than he has in the past. He talked in an interview with Prakash on Tennis Channel that he said he said I think Dan Evans has more weeks more wins on grass in the last two weeks than I have in my whole career. So he knew it was going to be a tough match. So mentally, I think he was he was prepared for a battle today. Um, and he's you know he's just the better player. Dan Evans, great grass court player, very talented guy. I had him in a few DraftKings lineups, just you know, just because shot. See, you know, not that wouldn't be a shocking upset seeing Dan Evans take out Stan. Um, no, but uh, Stan, so Stan always chips his returns, um, and he doesn't yeah. do like the Fed chip where he gets it really, really short to bring his opponent in on purpose. He just, he just sort of blo- sits. He just blocks it back. Yeah. And on grass, like if you're giving your your opponent, you know, a, a, a mid court approach shot every point it's going to be tough to tough to win and break um as often as you need to um it de- grass definitely rewards you know a, a punching a quick you know return to sender type return where you you know you take a crack at it and you, and you, you know you get the opponent back on their feet and then you're in control of the point um his chip return works when he has time but on grass his chip return is, is pretty detrimental you know to i think his his chances just because, look, if you if you make your first serve against him, he's gonna chip it back, and then you get to line up an approach shot or you know rip a ball and take control of the point. That's the thing. If you if you if you get that first strike in on grass, you know the opponent almost always has to switch to like a, a slice grip, and then you're you're in pretty good control. Absolutely, and and I actually love the way that Stan moves in often, and you know I, I think, like you said, work on that return a little bit. He's got a nice slice. If he can be a little bit more aggressive and move in, I, I would think he would be, you know, more successful on the grass. He is twenty nine and twenty nine in his career, so you know, right on the dot, fifty percent, and you know, has you know been to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Uh, was was there in twenty fifteen, but since then has kind of had uh, some some rough results at Wimbledon. You know, a second round loss in twenty sixteen, a first round loss in twenty seventeen, and a second round loss last year. Uh, yeah. So, not, he's in great shape right now, though. You saw that picture of him he took, you know, in the cryo chamber after his epic, uh, his epic match for Tsitsipas at the French Open. Guy's oh, freaking yeah. shredded right now. He doesn't really look like it. You know, he doesn't really look like he's a tank physically, but he he certainly is. He's in fantastic yeah. shape right now. Oh, oh, absolutely. I, I mean, Greska and I have commented, and and there's been you know some some stories about how he's been really working on his fitness and, and he is an absolute beast of an athlete. So uh, not, not too worried about him. We'll, we'll see how the rest of this tournament goes, but a few other results from London. Uh, Feliciano takes out Fuksovic six, seven, six, three, six, four. We had Ranich with a really dominant win over Chechenato three and two. Um, and then we have Pui over Clark six and one. Shardy gets the win over Kukushkin one and three. So, like I said, uh, Shardy is gonna take the winner of Edmund Tsitsipas, and, and that'll be you know a good match to watch for for tomorrow. But if there's nothing else on London, ready to move on to Halle? Yeah, let's do it. Where they're actually playing some tennis. Yeah, actually, <laughs> but not too many matches uh, from today. Uh, the the first one that I do want to start with. Uh, is the Chorich Salsa match because that was just insane. Best match of the day. To, to give me your unfiltered thoughts on this match because it was, you know, I, I have some thoughts on Chorich, but Salsa too played some great tennis. What what did you see? I mean, first thoughts, Jao uh, uh, Sosa is, uh, he's good on grass, man. It suits his game. 
Uh, you wouldn't think so for you know a guy from Portugal, but but he hits a pretty flat ball, sort of like a Batista Agut in that you know he lets it drop in the strike zone. He hits it pretty flat and through the court. Um, he doesn't hit it too heavy, and so he's good on grass. Like he he's a, he's a pretty good grass court player. And Chorich just just goes back once again to the guy's competitiveness. The guy's an unbelievable competitor. You know he he, he plays tight sometimes. You know he'll choke a few match points and forehand will break down, but like. He's just an unrelenting competitor. I mean, it's pretty cool to see the intensity level that he brings to every single point, you know, point after point after point. Um, and that match point they had, that was one of the best match oh, points I've ever seen. Did you, so sick. It was insane. It was like I was watching a video rally. game. I couldn't believe it. Uh, not only 26-ball rally, but a 26-ball rally where these guys were off the edge of the court, you know, running back the entire time. It's like they were doing wind sprints to get to each and every ball, and they were able to to recover and get back just in time to hit a, get a good lick on the ball. And that, that was one of the best match points I've seen all year. So that was really yeah. cool how they were able to end end it in style, you know, six and a third in the tie break. Definitely. And, you know, the, the thing, though, that I, I'm curious your thoughts on, and, and I'm going to give all the credit to Greskin here because he pointed this out, and, and I felt like I saw this a little bit in this match too. Chorich hits a few too many balls just right up the middle. I feel like there's times where I feel like he's got the opportunity to, you know, take a forehand down the line or really, you know, put put an angle on it, you know, move it cross court, and he just plays it safe and puts it right up the middle. And, and you know, against a guy like Sousa, who granted did play really good tennis in this match, you do that with a, a Fed or a Djokovic or a Delpo even, those guys are going to make you pay for that. And, and I don't think if he, I mean, excuse me, I think if he continues to do that he's not going to win these matches especially in Wimbledon yeah uh, his forehand is obviously his weaker side um it's slightly you know sort of a manufactured stroke I think what he's doing there is just you know he's just getting getting a little bit of a rhythm um if he goes through a ball like that his backhand he can rip up the middle all the time because he's get get such depth and such pace on his backhand side so but when the, he's yeah, when he gets a look at the forehand and he just sort of rolls it in the middle, it doesn't work against against the guys. And that's a case you see that a lot when people, you know, care care a lot about the result as opposed to the process. Um, and he clearly cares about the result. He wants to win every single point, and and it does it's it's to his detriment sometimes, um, you know. But yeah, I mean, I I completely agree with you. But at the same time. He, you know, you got to play your game, and in his game is to not rip forehand winners. So, you know, he got the W today, and we'll see how he goes. He won this tournament last year, so what are we talking about? Maybe <laughs> beat Fed in the final last year. So what are you know? Maybe, maybe we don't know what we're talking about, and he does, and he was just you know mixing it up. But but yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. Yeah, I mean exactly. He he does he does clearly know what he's doing, and and you know at the end of the day, he's a you know top twenty in the world player and, and we're talking about him on a podcast. So I uh, <laughs> can't, can't uh, take away the credit from the guy, but he does have some points to defend, uh, you know, winning this tournament last year. That's, that's 500 points that he's trying to defend here and, and he's on his way now. Uh, but one other match that I want to mention before we, you know, talk about a few of the matches to look forward to tomorrow, because there are some great matches to talk about. Uh, this one, I actually think, you know, you know, the score maybe not as impressive as Chorich and Salsa, but the tennis just as impressive. Struff and Kachanov, who played just some 
big boy tennis. Uh, and and Kiachinov came out on top three six three three six six four. These guys were just ripping the shit out of the ball, and that's what you'd expect from the two of them. The you know both big guys, and it's the the game style they play. But and we've talked about. Struff a lot. Uh, the the guys yesterday, Jamie and Sukoyak, you know, talked about how this was the match to look forward to for today. You know, gonna be big boy tennis, and then you know, Sukoyak thought that this might be you know seven six six seven seven six, and if it weren't for the couple breaks that you know happened, it probably would have been that close. But Struff, man, he's been on an absolute tear this year. I think he could have a you know a little bit of an upset run here in Wimbledon. Yeah, he's absolutely leveled up this year. He's been he's a guy who's been around, you know, floating in that 60s, uh 50s, 60s, 70 range for a long time. And he's 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 not young. I think what is he 28? Um maybe maybe a little older. Let me look up. He's 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 29. Yeah, he's 29. So he's been around for a long time and he's definitely leveled up this year. And just in terms of the consistency because he has he's always had the firepower. You know, but but uh, you have a lot of first round losses, and now he's just the guy. The guy's playing at an all time high, confidence wise, and you know, and game wise, his his forehand is humongous. Uh, his serve is humongous. He's a big guy. You don't realize that he's probably six foot five, um, and yeah, he's he's awesome. I think he's definitely you know a sort of a sleeper dark horse candidate uh, if he gets the right draw. But good win for Kachanov. I thought Struff was going to win this match, honestly. Um, and so, you know, I was surprised. Kachanov, another guy, he he does he likes the slower courts um, a little, I think, because he hits such a heavy ball, you know, especially off his forehand. But you know, six foot six Russian serving one forty, you know, he's gonna be okay. He's gonna hold serve on grass, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, I would hope so. The the thing I think that hurts Struff a little bit, fifty one percent on the first serves. I mean, this guy, you know, relies a lot of times on that big first serve and big forehand, and I think that hurt him a little bit, you know, versus Kiachinov, who served 63%. So I think that's, you know, something that, that hurts Struff a little bit in this match. But overall, I, I want to just say this came down to a, a few points here or there. They, they, they both really played some good tennis. Yep, it, as it always does at that level. It is one or two points here or there almost every time. Definitely. Well, we've got some really good other matches uh, in Halle that are coming up. So some of the other results from today, you know, all the all the matches that played today were three set matches. Air Bear versus <clears throat> Sikovsky was a two six seven six six four, and Gofen uh, beats Albot four six six four six three. So, you know, a, a day full of three setters at Halle. But some of the matches to look forward to tomorrow, the one that most people's eyes will be on is the Roger Federer Joe Willie Sanga match. And look, this is a Fed going for his 17th quarterfinal appearance and 17 appearances here at Hala. That is just absurd. I mean, the fact that he's played the tournament 17 times in a row, you know, and now is going for his 17th quarterfinal is just ridiculous. And this is the first time that Sanga is going to be playing Fed uh, since they played in two, that 2000 Wimbledon where you know Sanga was down two sets to love and comes back and wins in five. So it uh, should be interesting to see. Bovada's got the line minus 550 for Fed, plus 395 for Sanga. I would not take Sanga as the underdog here. I don't think he's going to win this match, but uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch. 
Yeah, no, when it's all said and done, they should, they're going to have to rename this tournament from the Jerry Weber to the uh, Roger Federer <laughs> Open. And I'm He's sure, won this, everyone, what, I'm sure everyone there would be okay with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, no doubt. He's won this, what, though, 12 times, right? Something like that? Yeah, I think 11. I don't know if he's actually won it 12 times at all level. I don't think he's won it 12. But it's it's a joke either way. 17 out of 17 quarterfinals. It's pretty good. You guys made a lot of money and a lot of points at this tournament. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, this match will be will be great. Federer on grass is just is just absurd. His his win percentage is just I was when he he was the first guy I looked at when I was looking at the stats and his yeah he's 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 uh he's if not the greatest grass court player of all time you know he's he's uh, this right up there as one or two I you know Sampras too Sampras would be a nightmare on grass but Federer's got the longevity um so got to give the nod to Fed there greatest grass court player ever and he's just his game on grass there's nothing like watching Roger Federer play on a fresh grass court there's nothing like it oh. It's so beautiful. He just needs to ditch that UPS Uniqlo gear. It's time to get to the all white because that's just <laughs> yeah, disgusting. Interesting kit that is. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't even know how he agreed to that. Um, but you're right. He is the best grass quarter of all time. Eighty-seven point one percent win percentage on the grass. Just absolutely ridiculous. Okay, uh, here let's go. Let me go on another quick tangent before. So. Please. Is the the WTA's statistics and record keeping is embarrassing. Yep. It's embarrassing. In my in my position, you, you you really need to back up some of your thoughts with statistics. Otherwise, you're just a hot take guy. You know, just a talking head. <laughs> and, and 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 it's impossible. The WTA makes that impossible. I was trying to. I couldn't even do this exercise for the WTA. I couldn't find out what the win percentages were for each player on different surfaces. I couldn't get their career records on their surfaces. I was just, I was talking, I sent it to my editor. I was like, yo, where do you find like these WC? He's like, yeah, it's tough. I was like, it's tough. I was like, it's non-existent. <laughs> no, you're, you're, you're a hundred percent right. Uh, the, the website that one of the websites that I like to use is ultimate tennis statistics. They've got really good stats on, on players. They have none of the women. I, like they don't even have Serena stats. Who it should be just like the easiest person to to pull up the stats, and they're not even there. No. So I'm God forbid you. you can find you know the players' career records on different surfaces. God forbid maybe you know maybe maybe that's an important stat. Maybe you can just see if yeah, just, someone just, just maybe. maybe. Yeah, maybe that's an important stat. How someone plays on different surfaces because in our sport, it's just legitimize it. What the hell is going on? Just, just you, do the same thing ATP does. Like the, the 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 data exists. Manipulate, do something with it. It's just brutal. It's just like, and it's it's a it is a detriment. It's uh, not a detriment. It it's a disservice to the women's game because you it can't is. It, you can't evaluate it and and research it properly. I mean, you look at the commentators. You would hope that they would, you know, look to some of these stats and and have them at their disposal. And you know, it, at the end of the day, it's just sad. It's just a, it's another reason that we we've got to do better for the wta it's it's just it's sad it's all yeah it's it's, it's statistics on the sport like it's it legitimizes it like you don't you don't have access to the stats like what the what what it's just it's it's brutal and it makes my job more difficult when you're writing about the women which is annoying definitely and, and that's you know the most important part right is making your job easier exactly <laughs> it's 2019 <laughs> Oh God! Well, before I get too just upset with with the WTA, just a few more matches that 
uh, everyone should be looking forward to tomorrow. I'm curious what you think about this. Stevie Johnson versus Zverev. I, dude, I almost want to take Stevie. I, What's I think your gut him, saying? I, Zverev doesn't look – he didn't look great in his first-round match. Dude, Stevie's plus 145 on Bavada. I kind of want to take it. I love his game on the grass. The slice stays low. He's got good volleys, the big serve, the big forehand. What reason do you have to to say that he wouldn't win this match? No, my I mean, gut my gut says Stevie all the way. Just because right? Zverev, you know, Zverev's first of all, grass is not his best surface. Clay, it appears clay is his best surface, and he's off that. <laughs> it does appear so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, and it's just the guy's got no confidence. Um, and he's it's Stevie has had no confidence this year too, but he seems to have some sort of mini mini momentum. Whereas Zverev, yeah, he quartered French again, but. Um, he he lost. Uh, yeah, who did he Vera lose to last week? Dustin Brown. First that's right. Round. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's tough, tough match. But still, if Dustin Stevie J is way better than Dustin Brown, you know, so if Dustin Brown can take him out on grass, I see no reason why Stevie J can't. So my gut says Stevie all the way there. And if you've been betting, if you just bet against Verev, you know, every time you've been you've been pretty good this year. Yeah, and and look, Stevie won Newport last year. Um. Yeah, he's good on the grass. He's got a, a good record. He's over. He's fifty six point three percent. So he's had success on the grass. Uh, he, he had a tough first round loss in Stuttgart to Monfils seven five five seven seven six. So he looked good in that match. He looked good in his first round. I don't see a reason why he doesn't win this match. But we'll just have to wait and see tomorrow. You know, hopefully we we get through. And there's well, I was about to say the rain. There is no, there hasn't been any rain, so hopefully, uh, we get to see that match and see a Stevie win. Uh, the other matches to look forward to: Berrettini versus Seppi. Berrettini, man, that dude has been on a tear. He's won six matches in a row, twelve sets in a row, and sixty service games. That is absurd. So I'm expecting a quick Berrettini win over Seppi tomorrow, uh, and then Gasquet versus RBA. Uh, so those are your matches to, to look forward to in Hala. But any other thoughts on yeah, Hala before we wrap this bad boy? These, these four players specifically um, are all – well, Berrettini's the sample size isn't there yet, but he just won in convincing fashion um, last week. So I, he's a good grass court player just based on what I've seen. You know, the guy <laughs> he's just a good player in general. But but the other three, uh, Seppi and then Gasquet and Batista Agut, these – are um, these these were on my list of like these guys are really good on grass so so tune into those matches tomorrow because you know watching guys that are comfortable and good grass court players is 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 really cool it's it's a lot yeah. better it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a more entertaining match you know than someone like uh I'm trying to think like Al Jazz and Ryonich or something boring like boring like that from London you know that's just gonna be a massive beatdown these guys are gonna have great points on the grass is guess I guess what I'm trying to say. Definitely. It's going to be fun tennis to watch, so definitely yep, exactly. keep your eye out for long, it. It'll be long points for, for as far as grass goes with these guys, which is going to be cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping to see some some 26-ball match points like we saw today. Uh, but that is our matches. Those are the tournaments we've got going on. Uh, Kale, any, any last thoughts on the grass before we bring you back on for some Wimbledon uh, preview? Uh, last thought is just, I, I'm so pumped, you know, to watch Ash Barty this grass court season, this abbreviated grass court season. She's just, 
she's playing. She's got so much swag right now, and her 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 slice is just so nasty. She's got the best slice in the game by a mile. Um, one of the best slices it's in the so world, clean. men or women. And the fact that she can win Roland Garros, which Clay is statistically her worst surface, even though the WTA wouldn't want you to find that out because you can't find her stats <laughs> anywhere. The f- Clay was for sure. That was that was Barty's first clay court final. Was the French Open final, and she won. So if she's gonna come out and win the French Open, um, now she's on grass, which just it just suits her game, because impeccably. I mean, she's the best volleyer in the women's game. She has the best slice in the women's game. She has the best hands. Uh, it, it's just, I think she could just. I think she could total. I don't. I don't see who's gonna beat her. I think she could run the table on the grass court season. Well, it, there's some uh, some good Bovada lines for her. I know Gruskin was looking at potentially taking her as as an underdog because the, the the odds were pretty good for her. But always love that you, you bring the women's back women's side back into the conversation, into these podcasts, because as you we were saying, we need more coverage on, on the women's side. So thank yep. you for doing that. Absolutely. In the futures lines, the fact that uh, Serena is still listed as the first favorite to win Wimbledon. But that is just don't don't buy into that. Barty's the favorite to Agreed. win Wimbledon. Um, th- that's just that's just Vegas uh, propping the lineup, you know, like Tiger and Serena, you know, because yep. people people will go out of their way to bet on them that wouldn't normally bet on the sport, um, so they just bump those up to just get a little extra security and juice for themselves. Um, I mean, so, dude, yeah. Murray is in the men's side is like one of the top. Seven yeah, exa- guys, exactly. So. <laughs> just, just trying, they're just trying to steal money from people. Uh, <laughs> And and they do successfully. Yep, they sure do. <laughs> well, Kale, thank you again for for coming back to the pod. Where we'll be sure to have you on more now that the French is you know not destroying your uh, your sleep schedule. So we'll, we'll be sure to get you back on here. Yeah, I can't wait and uh, enjoy the matches tomorrow because we should, God willing, weather permitting, get get a great day of tennis from London, which we desperately need. Well, make sure to to go go watch on Tennis Channel, uh, and, and if if the tennis actually gets to be played, because uh, it's going to be fun. But as always, cannot end these podcasts without giving a shout out to our super producers Max Fliegner and Daniel Westhoff, who, as always, have an absolute f- of a job to do editing these podcasts. We love you both very much. Uh, and again, thank you, Kale. Thank you to the entire Cracked Rackets team. One more time for my. St- entire team at Cracked Rackets for my wonderful co-host Kale Hammond I am your host Max Rothman and Kale what do we say? That's a break my friend. That is a break and we'll see you all tomorrow. Tomorrow